Rogue One. Rogue One? There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Rogue One. Pulling away. Pulling away. Hello and welcome to another edition of Rogue One Radio. I am half of your co-host team, Steve Long, and with me, as always, is Charlie Kirby. How's it going today? Going very Star Wars-y today, Steve. Oh, How that's about good. you? That's, that's, well, that's a good way to be. Uh, doing good. I had a good weekend. It was fun-filled, and uh, we, had, uh, we had a little bit of fun on, on Friday night playing some Star Wars. Um. Yeah, it was a it was a decent weekend, and uh, got to see another episode of Mandalorian, of course. And um, so we'll talk about that and talk about some other stuff. And uh, uh, let's go ahead and get this ball rolling. If you want to uh, let them know where they can catch us on the social medias. Yep, we are uh, on Twitter. The show is at at Rogue Numeral One Radio. Uh, Steve is at Otter Two Seven Two. Uh, you can find me at Charles PDK. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com/slash Rogue Numeral One Radio. And if you have any questions or comments, just go ahead and email us at Rogue One Radio Pod at gmail.com, all spelled out. And uh, looking forward to hearing from you. All right. Fabulous. So um, we'll start off with uh, a little bit of news. There wasn't a whole lot going on. It seems like most of the news uh, this week had to do with more um, getting people geared up for Rise of Skywalker, which as well they should. Um but there were a few pieces that were unrelated to the movie um, that were announced. Uh, so you want to go ahead and kick us off with that? Yeah. So we have uh, first little piece of news is that <clears throat> specifically Baby Yoda toys will be available in April 2020. Um, the other Mandalorian uh, Funko figures and plushes and stuff are available now, but it looks like they didn't tell manufacturers anything about Baby Yoda until it premiered, and so they they just didn't have that stuff in the works, works whenever the show premiered, and so mm-hmm. it's going to be a little bit later. Right. So if you folks out there are looking for Baby Yoda toys, you're going to have to wait till April. Um, I don't mean, even it makes sense that they would wait to tell uh, anybody about Baby Yoda because they really kept that thing under wraps. Yeah, it... Yeah, because it seems like a very obvious thing to have ready that you would want ready for Christmas. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure they just sort of had to weigh it out whether they wanted to sell a bunch of Baby Yoda plushes or uh, keep that surprise big. Well, you Um, know, I think um, with the... release of rise of skywalker i believe they're uh man you know the merchandising 
for Christmas uh, was, going was, take, to be... was taken care of. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. They're not. There's not going to be. Oh no! What Star Wars toys is big? Right. That's all they so, see. So I think they're good, and they can. I'm sure people that are really wanting the Baby Yoda toys, um, they can wait till April. I mean. Yeah, I remember something similar for uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, hmm. and people were wanting little Baby Groot. Group from the end of the movie, but that was right. more of a, a surprise. No one knew that it was going to be popular anyway, type of yeah. situation. Yeah. But uh, the next piece of news we have is that there will be uh, another Star Wars show coming to Disney Plus next year. Yep, that will be a, uh, a game show, actually. Um, it's going to be a um, kids game show. Uh, we'll be debuting next year. And it sounds to me um, almost like a... With the description, it's, it's the, uh, the article that I read says uh, it's going to test the abilities of young contestants as they go from Padawans to full-fledged Jedi Knights. Um, non-scripted. Um, so it it kind of appears to be like remember the uh, the, the shows they had on Nickelodeon. Uh, yeah, that's well, what I thought of. Yeah, so it seems like that. Um, the most interesting thing about this show, however, is the. Uh, actor that they have hosting it and that is going to be the voice of Jar Jar Binks or, or the actor that played Jar Jar Binks uh, Ahmed Best um, and he will be playing the part of a uh, of the host slash Jedi Master um, and then he will have what they're calling a humanoid droid companion. So, yes, it'll be called Jedi Temple Challenge. Uh, we don't have an exact date yet, but it will be out next year. Yeah, and the way... Yeah, because I immediately thought of uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Right. When I heard the name. Yeah. Because they do describe... That they'll have three different settings. Oh, where is? Oh, I lost it. Um, um hang on. Out. Oh. Yeah, they the have the a Force planet, a, a Jedi Star Cruiser, and a Jedi Temple. Right. So, so I wonder if there'll be a different contestants every episode and sort of a game show like that, or if it's going to be something more long form over the course of a season. But, uh, yeah, I guess it depends on how quick paced it's going to be. But, uh, but yeah, I'm really curious to see that. Um, I think it sounds, it sounds like it'll be fun, even if it's not something I'm tuning in to every week yeah no it sounds like 
like you, I think I'll check it out, but it's not something I'm anxiously awaiting. <laughs> but, uh, but who knows? Um, and then our last piece of news is regarding a new ride that has opened up at Walt Disney World. Um, this is called Rise of the Resistance. Um, and so, so right now it's only at Walt Disney World. Um, I guess they are eventually planning on putting it into uh, Walt Disney uh, Land. Um, of course, it's it's going to be part of uh, Galaxy's Edge, and it's you're 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 basically going to be um, facing off. Uh, against the first order. Yeah, have you seen a video of the ride, ride or anything? I haven't. I've. I, the only thing that I've heard about it is that some of the actors are doing the voice for it. Yeah, because I I watched a video of uh, a go through on the ride, mm-hmm. and so you have you have kind of a mix of. Uh, well-placed screens of actual like film of the actors, actors right. and people in costumes doing it and mixed in with actual animatronics made to look like the actors, actors. And it looks, it looks really good. It is very much a classic uh, Disney ride okay. where you are sitting in a, uh, uh, Basically, you're sitting in a car with probably about uh, half a dozen other people. Okay, I, I get what you're going at. People, and you sort of go through, sort of like it reminds me of um, the Hollywood Adventure, the uh, the TCM Wood Legends ride, or something. Okay. Where you're sort of going through the through the ride and a story is happening around you. Right. Okay. I got you. It, which and it's uh, yeah the uh, gal rides basically basically takes Star Tours and just makes it a lot bigger. Oh. Okay. Well, that's. Uh... That could be interesting. But, uh, but yeah, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get to one of those <laughs> one of those parks parks someday here soon to get on there. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I definitely want to go to even if I just go to Galaxy's uh, Edge. Uh, yeah, I really oh, just walking to. around would be great. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that was it that we had as far as news goes. Nothing else really jumped out at me. Um, I saw, I mean, there was some, I saw a couple of articles about, uh, the Mandalorian helmet rules and a plot hole, but I didn't, uh, I didn't really dig into that too Um, much. My, the initial impression I got of it was that, yeah, the Mand the Mandalorian 
tells someone on the last episode, tells mm-hmm. Omer, I think. Yeah. Uh, if he takes off his helmet, it's not that bad. And then they, someone was talking about how Sabine takes her helmet off all the time yeah. in Rebels. And to that I say, I don't care. <laughs> well, I think they're digging way too deep in it because Sabine is a different – like she doesn't necessarily consider herself a, according to Hoyle, Mandalorian. You know, she's not she's not a bounty hunter. Yeah, you know, well, her whole... I mean, every, all the Mandalorians we saw on Rebels were taking their helmets off all the time. Yeah. And so well, I wonder true. if we're just seeing, like, a weird sect of Mandalorians. Kind of like how Death Watch had, like, their own sort of thing going on. Yeah. I wonder if this group that our Mandalorian is from just has, like, their own weird specific rules. Well, not only that, but he, I mean, it's it's clear, very clear that they are in hiding. Yeah. So, certainly they don't want their faces known. But, but yeah, I didn't, like you, I, I didn't care enough about it just sounded like uh, okay. It sounded like uh, somebody's complaining about the show, and I'm like, I have better things to do with my time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just. I mean, honestly, they're they're just two different stories, mm-hmm. and I understand people want all of this stuff to, to kind of line up exactly. Yeah, within the canon, it's just. Yeah. That's just not a realistic expectation. And, and, and there you so, go. You know, you're talking if you're pointing about... it out just as a fun... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying, like, when you look at the time zones, you're talking about two completely different time zones. Or, time, time, you know, time eras. So... Yeah. Maybe... Yeah, we're talking... Yeah. That is... That's like... Rebels is pretty soon before A New Hope. So we're talking about... Maybe a 10-year difference? Is that about yeah, right? that sounds about right. And so... And they haven't... And Mandalore hasn't been... Uh, have they been destroyed by the Empire at that point? In Rebels? In Rebels? I don't think so. Um, as far as... You know, I was reading up on... This... Um, event they're calling... The... Great Purge... Uh, which is not everything I've read and and also theorized is that they're not talking about the Jedi Purge. They're talking about something very specific to Mandalore, and this would be a space and time where the Imperials essentially took over Mandalore and Concordia, you know, the whole system. Uh, for their own use. Uh, if I had to guess, I'd say the Mandalorians fought back and were more or less wiped out. Yeah, and so we could just be looking at, like, weird rules that they've come up with since it got destroyed. Maybe this is just a specific house or sect yeah, that survived. Sect. Yeah. And that's just... That's just the Mandalores that are left around after 
after the after the purge. Right. And so and that's why yeah, they've got the all these are just different now. Yeah, and that's why they've got all these foundlings is because they are close to being extinct. So they're building up their uh, culture again. Yeah. And and even if it didn't make sense, if it, it didn't line up correctly, I don't know. I, I, I just kind of take these – I just take each show, each movie as kind of its own thing. Yeah. And – and if you really went hardcore trying to find all the things that didn't line up, you'd probably have a field day, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just like I was saying, it's uh, there's better things you can be doing with your time. Yeah. Than... Like if you're just having fun with it, that's fine. Some people just like finding differences like that. Yeah. But don't as long as you're not don't get mad about it or think like it's like they're not doing their jobs right. Right. It's just they're just telling a story and they're doing it the best way they can. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, let's, but, uh, let's go ahead and go into, uh, the episode this week. Uh, okay. this is chapter five. Yep. And um, it, it was called the gunslinger, which I'm, I'm going to talk about a bit when we get into talking about it. But, uh, so, um, yeah. I guess we're gonna we're gonna do our recaps a little bit differently. Um, we're not really gonna go kind of scene by scene. We're just gonna give. Um, I guess we're just gonna do kind of like an overview, and then talk about maybe like yeah what what we liked, so, what we didn't like, that sort of thing. Yeah. So just real quick. What are your just like initial thoughts or feelings about this episode? Um, overall, I liked the episode. Um, it was certainly not my favorite of the five. Um, I would probably give it, give the episode. Well, let's not rate it yet. Let's okay, just okay, okay, okay. It's not um, your favorite episode, and I would probably, episode. and I would probably agree. Not my favorite episode. Yeah, it was. But uh, let's go do the recap real quick, just okay. so we have an idea of what happened. Yeah. So. And so, so. Go ahead. Uh, I'll just go ahead and read this off real quick. Uh, this week. Mando gets his ship damaged after a space battle with another bounty hunter and is forced to land on Tatooine. There he meets a young bounty hunter named Toro Calican, who persuades him to help track down an Imperial assassin named Finnick Shand. After some backstabbing, Toro kills Finnick. Toro tries to capture Mando. Mando kills Toro. And Mando leaves Tatooine. The episode ends with a stinger where we see a shadowed figure come to pick up Phoenix's body. So that's kind of a quick overview of what happened. Um, what did you think of Toro Calican? Um, I thought that character was a little weak. Not, not weak as in, I mean, obviously he was weak because he was untested and had no real experience to speak of, but I just mean overall as a character in the show, he was kind 
uh, of a weaker character, much weaker than any of the other characters that we've seen in the show. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that you needed that character to move the story along in this episode, I would consider Toro a throwaway uh, character. I mean, he essentially is for this yeah. episode. Yeah. How did you feel about him sitting in uh, in Han Solo's seat in the cantina? Um. Well, here's the thing. Overall, the whole idea that, oh, we finally get to see him go to a planet that we know. Um, and then for Mando to go into an iconic building, um, I, I did geek out a little. Um and then yeah, when he was sitting at that at that table, it was like uh part of it was was excitement. Um but that would have been the first viewing. Like the first viewing I was like, Oh cool, this character's sitting, you know, in that in that iconic spot and uh after you get to know the guy, you're like it's almost the point of how dare he be sitting in that spot. <laughs> Yeah, it's because um, one thing like, yeah, I I don't care if I never see uh, the same planet again in Star Wars movies. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. what I what I want to see from them is if you're going to show me a planet a second time, I want to see it in a different context. Sure. And I think they did do that in this episode because this is Tatooine with a no job of the hut. Right. No Empire hiring uh, criminals. Because I think it's still pretty clear in canon that a lot of the criminal enterprises in the galaxy were basically funded or helped out by the Imperials. Right. Like, as far as uh, moving moving spice, quote-unquote spice, around, mm-hmm. and a lot of the slave trade they seem to be kind of involved in. Yeah. Um, another thing I thought was was kind of amusing is that this cantina uh, is now being run by droids. Yeah, because yeah, and it's because in in A New Hope, the the bartender said that they didn't serve their kind. <laughs> and now it's like, and wasn't there a, a a droid patron there as well. Uh, you know, I don't know if that was a patron or if that was like a, just another server. Yeah. Like a server. Right. But either way. Yeah. And, and it's a lot less busy in that cantina now. Like I get the feeling that that place is just a lot more empty. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just don't have as, there's just not as much, you know, work to go around correct found anymore and so yeah either that guy either that guy died or had to sell the bar yeah all right and uh and that's why you know because i think he asks for work from the droid and it's like nah <laughs> not here buddy 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, and, uh, we also had, uh, another comedian popping up, comedian actor, uh, Amy Sedaris as the, uh, the mechanic in this episode. Yep. Yep. Uh, so Uh, people might, older people might recognize, uh, strangers, strangers with candy. Uh, she's the sister of David Sedaris, uh, a humorist writer. Uh, she does a voice for uh princess carolyn and bojack horseman on netflix but uh but yeah she's had a long long uh career of comedic acting and writing yeah so and she was uh, great in this episode yeah good hair love that hair (laughs) exactly i like i liked that character uh but uh what do you think what do you take of finnick shand from this episode um, was I she w- supposed to be? Was she imperial? I couldn't tell. Yeah, I don't. Or did she just know. work for imperials? I, th- I think she might have done some work for the imperials. Is what I I had to guess. Um, because from what I gathered, it seems like it was the New Republic that's looking for her. Yeah. Okay. So why would they be looking for her if uh, if she wasn't working with Imperials? I don't know. Uh, maybe she's maybe she's the uh, live action version of uh, Mercutial Swift. Um, if you've if you've read any of the aftermath novels. Um, he's a he's a bounty hunter that that worked with uh, the Empire, uh, like the Imperial Remnant. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't remember him too well from those books. Um, but, uh... I mean, the only reason that I really remember him is because I I'm still in uh, Empire's End, and there was a it, it was fairly recent that he shows up in this book. Uh, I mean, he's been in all of them. But is is he like kind of a younger, cockier guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. But yeah, he he and uh, he and the main bounty hunter character in that book, uh, Jass, uh, have kind of a um, rivalry going on. But yeah, it seems like because he's he's a character that works with the Imperial Remnant, so they are he, he you know he helps them out, and the New Republic is looking for him. Uh, so yeah, I think I think Finnick is, is probably along the same lines. Um, now I I want to say that I liked this character, and not to say that I disliked the character. I just didn't get enough to make an opinion. Yeah, this really. Yeah, I, I think with the stinger at the end of the episode, like yeah. this isn't 
this is just like a quick introductory of this character. We're, I think we're going to see a lot more from uh, Finnick Shand. I, I certainly hope so, because it's in a character that I would be interested enough to want to know more about, uh, but I didn't get enough of it. Like, they just... It's almost like they just threw her in. It's like, okay, um, I'm looking for this person, and let's go find her. And, yeah, she's this... She's this uh, assassin badass that they kind of take out fairly easily. Um, yeah, it's kind of disappointing, but yeah, but yeah, I expect we'll see a lot something a lot more interesting from her in the future. I certainly um, hope so. Yeah. And uh, what did you take of um? his interaction with the Tuscan Raiders in this episode. I thought that was interesting and it is a side of the Tuscan Raiders that we've never got to see before. Uh, up mm. to this point, we've really just kind of viewed them as these savages that will attack anything. And so I'm sure the purists out there uh, probably didn't like them because you know, they didn't attack. Uh, but I think it's good. I think it was good because it shows a different side to uh, a, a tribe of people that we may have had some false, pre, you know, false impressions of. Yeah, and I think... I thought I found it kind of interesting in contrast to how he dealt with uh, the Jawas, yeah. who we usually see as like more ready to trade and negotiate. Yeah, and I don't know. I I guess it just speaks to like his different experiences, but it, but they are very specific. As far as we know, right now, Tuscan Raiders are very specific to Tatooine. Right. So it kind of makes me wonder. Um, has the Mando just gotten gotten around a lot, or does he have some specific tie to Tatooine, or is it's, this just sort of a throwaway scene that I'm reading too much into? Um, I don't think you're throwing too much into it. What I would say is that I agree that it's a little odd that he, he was so violent toward the Jawas. Uh, whereas he wasn't with them, with the Tuscan Raiders. But you also have to think the Jawas uh, wronged him. Like, they they stole his stuff. Yeah. Whereas the oh, Tuscan yeah, Raiders didn't, didn't do anything to him. Uh, that's yeah that that definitely makes a difference yeah um but i did like seeing the tuscan raiders in this and um i i also got to tell you kind of kind of a little bit off topic but i i did i enjoyed finally getting to see his um piloting skills oh the opening of the episode right 
I really liked seeing finally yeah. seeing a, a space battle. Um, although, yeah, know, that short. was. Yeah, but it was still good. To, it was still good to see that, specifically the Mando ship in action. Yes, and that's what I. Yeah, that's specifically what I. Uh, what I enjoyed. I finally, we finally got to see the the Razor Crest or whatever he's calling it, uh, in action. What was that bounty hunter planning to do? It's just going to blow him up and then just like try to find his license plate and bring that in. Yeah, I don't. That seems like a. I, I don't think he thought that through very well. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was a really cool opening. Um, I don't know if there's any action scenes in this episode that particularly stood out to me. Not, yeah, not that really stood out. Um, you know, they had the scene where she was shooting at them while they're trying to cross the, the desert, and that was about as action-packed as you got. So I tell you, that kid, Toro, really reminded me of, like, a weird mix between, like, Nick Lachey, uh, <laughs> James Franco, and, like, a, and the NSYNC member. It felt like a very early 2000s type of, uh, type of look in yeah. Star Wars, in a Star Wars outfit. Yeah, I mean, the actor is a whole other, like, as much as I think the character was a throwaway, um, like, the actor himself is a whole other story in that he just seemed like this random guy that they picked out that was, like, playing a Star Wars role. Like, not, not even in a Star Wars film. He was just... Here's this guy pretending to be a Star Wars character. With the caliber of like actors and yeah, real like veterans they've had on this show, he felt really weird, I think. He's the first time on this show that I felt like that guy doesn't belong here. No. Yeah, you're you're right. He uh he seemed out of place and is really his character overall uh, was a low point for the show. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, like I said, like it's still, it wasn't a bad episode. I didn't walk no. away with it like no. negative feelings or feeling disappointed. But yeah, uh, you know, every, I think I've heard someone say that, you know, all series, every season has A, B, and C shows. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to put all your resources into those A shows, and you're just going to try and get by on those C episodes. Sure. See, this is probably. He... Yeah, go ahead. I I know what you're going to say. I was going to say you just get by on those C episodes. I, yeah, yeah. Um, and most episodes are just going to be a B. See, and the weirdest thing about all that is that. This episode was written and directed by Dave Filoni. Mm -hmm. So I really expected more out of this episode. 
So maybe part of the fact that it was a lower caliber episode was driven by my high expectations. Because I really had high expectations for this episode. Because I'm like, okay, it's Dave Filoni. He's going to knock it out of the park. And he didn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, my, like, I'd say my favorite episode, my favorite episode is still the second episode. Really? Okay. Uh, Mine's still three. Yeah. I think two and three, I think, are still considered by most people uh, some of the best episodes of this series. Yeah. I'd say the first three episodes were still just like a really a really great setup to the series. Yeah. Really good story. They all, um, they're all sort of doing their own thing. They all have a different, something different within the story to accomplish. I think they all do it mm-hmm. really well. Uh, yeah. Cause the director on that, a second episode, Rick Famuya. Yeah. Uh, I'm not too sure. He's done some, I know he's done some movies. I really liked, Deborah Chow, I think, was... Oh, she was amazing. I uh, worked on Chapter 3. Yeah. And I and I just feel like... I'm kind of... I'm curious to see... Is Dave Filoni directing any more episodes this season? No. No, that was his only okay. one. Uh, that's the only one he's doing Wait. this season. Because the next one is... Uh, uh, give me a second. The next one is going to be directed by uh, Rick. Um, Rick again. Uh, Rick. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's written by Christopher Yost. Who oh, is, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you recognize that name. Um, so, yeah, he's done some... Uh, he was a writer on Thor Ragnarok. He was a writer on Thor: The Dark World. We won't hold that against him, though. Uh, but he's, he's done, done a lot of uh, a lot of animated sorry, stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, he's done a lot of yeah. animated stuff. Uh, he did some writing on Star Wars Rebels. Uh, he did some writing on like the Avengers and Wolverine and the X Men. Uh, I want to say he I, may have done some stuff for for Batman, uh, like not the Batman the animated series, but one of the Batman animated series. Um, so you've got you've got Rick and and Christopher teaming up on this one on this next one. Uh, the one after that is directed by Deborah again. Yeah. Um, and then the very final episode of the season is is. Uh, Directed by uh, uh, Taiki Watiti. Is that how you pronounce it? I always uh, just Taika Taika Watiti. Taika Watiti. Yeah, yeah. always by butcher John that Favreau. name. Right. Um, so, so that's what we got for the rest of the season. But another thing I wanted to bring up about this episode is I don't understand completely why they titled it the way they titled it. Nobody in this episode really was a gunslinger. Um, Because if they're talking about 
Toro, there is no way uh-huh. in hell he was a gunslinger. Um, so visually, this is me uh, wiping my hands across my face <laughs> as I try to interpret what I think they mean by calling it. Because the gunslinger, I think, refers, if I could remember which movie it is, but it's a, it's a classic like Western trope of the young the young gunslinger coming to challenge the older gunslinger yeah okay. in order to take his title as like the best shot in the west i would get uh, that and i would buy into that mm-hmm. if if anyone shot guns if there was a gunslinger in the episode <laughs> yeah cuz i would i don't know if i would describe mando as a gunslinger no, um the kid was doing well, the kid was doing like what you might call like gun tricks. Like he would be flipping around his pistol. It's... Sure, but you, shouldn't you be able to back it up? <laughs> I mean... Well, no. I mean that's kind of the that's kind of the point. Like because yeah. the gunslinger either has to kill all these kids coming to challenge him, yeah. or you know the kid finally gets one on the old man. Ah. And, you know, then he has to fight every everyone who comes along and wants to take on the the gunslinger or so it's it's more like the story <laughs> is more about uh, generational yeah. uh, generational conflict or the title <laughs> is ironic. Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> they're using the term gunslinger ironically. I mean, they have a shootout, you know, uh, at the end. Okay, kind of. <laughs> Listen, I'm not telling you that they used the title correctly. <laughs> I'm telling you what I think was what, what was intended. Yeah. Um, and I and I think that's what was intended was like this was the Mando working with a younger protege that just gets that's too big for his britches <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and gets I messed mean, up that that's kind yeah. of like the gunslinger story right because it starts off he's like you know i've been in the guild long enough no you haven't <laughs> right yeah. away i knew you're he not was even lying. in the guild <laughs> yeah. right away when he said that i knew he was lying i'm like are you kidding me this this, this well, the fact he doesn't even know to like turn in the Mando, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if, like, you're if, the you bound, if you're from the if you're from the member, guild. you would know that this guy is wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let me ask you about the the final scene, uh, because I've seen some, uh, for lack of a better term, I'll call them rumors. Mm-hmm. But I have seen so, seen some stuff out there saying that this they're possibly teasing Boba Fett. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, they play the Spurs. I'd have to go back and watch other episodes to see if they ha- they play that Spurs sound effect yeah. whenever the Mandalorian himself is walking around. Because mm-hmm. I think that might be. That might be a sound that they just associate with the Mandalorian armor. But yeah. that's definitely who I immediately thought of when I heard that sound effect. Right. Sound effect as he was walking towards the body is 
uh, Boba Fett, right. but it doesn't it 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 does it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't buy it because uh, for anybody else out there has that has actually read the aftermath novels. Uh, Boba Fett is either truly dead or he let somebody take his armor. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I just don't see an episode getting into one, explaining Boba Fett, mm-hmm. two, explaining how this person got Boba Fett's armor, Right. three, just doing, it's just a lot for this this show I don't think has shown that it really wants to get into like super complicated lore stuff. Right. And so the the idea that they would get into a super complicated here's why Boba Fett is here thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just I doesn't mean, seem like the MO of the show. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I am a huge Boba Fett fan. I like Boba Fett. That being said, I hope it's not Boba Fett. I don't. I don't want yeah. him in this show. I maybe I, mention I his name, but like in in talking about history, like mentioning yeah. his name, but him showing up. No, I don't want that. Like I would kind. Of, I would kind of like to know what that group of Mandalorians thought of Boba Fett, who is dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and not coming back. Right. Right. But um. But yeah, I don't. If you wanted a Mandal- if you wanted a Boba Fett show, I feel like this is what you really wanted anyway. Is this show right? You wanted a, you wanted some Mandalorian stuff. You wanted some bounty hunter stuff, yeah. and I feel like you're already getting it. Yeah, and his I... his armor just does, isn't green and red. It's about right, right. Um, but uh, so... but I kind of think that's just Mando. I think so too. I think uh, uh, just keep it simple, stupid. It's probably Mando. Sure. Yeah. And next, and next episode, we're going to get into him and Fennec Shan's history. Yeah, that'll be good. Uh, so overall rating for the show, what what grade would you give it? Um, or the episode. The so, um. So out of five in sync bounty hunters, I would probably give this uh I'd give it a two and a half in sync bounty hunters okay. out of five. That that's an interesting rating system. I was just gonna go with the uh A B C D No, you have to do it out of five in sync bounty hunters. Oh man. Uh yeah, I'd probably have to go 2.75. Okay. Because, um, I mean, there were things about the episode that I really liked, but there were also things about the episode that I was just like, eh, could have done without that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it was definitely a filler episode, sure. but as far as filler episodes, it wasn't that offensive. No. Like, there was definitely, having Amy Sedaris there was really yeah. fun. 
um, have being at least being introduced to Fennec Shand. As yeah. long as she shows up again, Correct. I'd be pretty I'd pretty happy with her introduction here. Yeah, and I I liked seeing Tatooine after the Empire. Yeah, I liked yeah, that. I, yeah. Seeing it in a different context, right, right. Especially with the special editions, where it's a lot busier than it yes. was before, yes. and now it's very clearly empty. Kind of a ghost town, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, the next part of our show, we are going to do our weekly list. Last week we did our top five original trilogy moments. Uh, this week we are doing our top five prequel trilogy moments. So let's just jump right in and uh, start with your number five. Uh, so my number five is from Attack of the Clones. And I'm going to name the Bounty Hunter Chase from the beginning of the movie. Okay. Um, this That's is when they're... One. I think this is when they are jumping around the speeders. They finally catch up with, uh, what is there? Zim Zam? Zam Wessel. Zam Wessel. Yeah. The, uh, the Wessel, and then she gets shot. It has like some just really cool, like as far as like action in the prequels goes, mm-hmm. that's pretty fun. Um, the lighting and just the seeing Coruscant like that. And um, definitely some noir tones happening in there when yeah. we see shadowed Jango Fett shoot her, yeah. her and then right off into it's a, uh, it's just a lot of cool elements in that scene that I, in that sequence that I do like. Yeah. Um, my, my number five is also from attack of the clones. I should have taken yours. Cause that one was a good one. Uh, this one is a very specific moment uh, in Attack of the Clones, and it is when you see the Slave One uh, drop out the seismic charges. I thought oh, the seismic yeah. charges were just badass. I was like, oh my god, these things are amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's another like really good technical scene in those movies. Yeah. Just the sound design on those scenes is really cool. Very much so. And I wish I could see that actually in a theater now yeah. with, cause I think when I saw that theaters weren't as the sound system, at least in my th- the theater I would go to sure. wasn't as good. I think yeah. seeing that in IMAX would sound really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would totally. Uh, so number four, and also oh, it is also the element of that scene with where it feels like Weekend Dad because Jango Fett is just <laughs> in the front seat trying to murder a Jedi, and he has his kid in the back seat, yes. and the kid's just like, "Yeah, Dad, murder him," <laughs> yeah. and it very much looks like a minivan inside there. <laughs> it does, and then but and also you've got Obi Wan just like. You know how much he hates flying. He's like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> when will this it's end? Like, 
it's weirdly whole like Jango Fett and Boba Fett is like weirdly wholesome relationship <laughs> in those movies. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> they, they, you know, they don't make him like a bad dad or anything. He is right. like protective of his son, and his son loves him. And they're, they're, yeah, they're actually like a pretty, yeah, pretty nice pair. Aside from you know the Jedi murder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for going around murdering people. Uh, sure. <laughs> But uh, um, my my uh, my number four is also Attack of the Clones, okay. and this is the Clone Army reveal. Okay. Um, when we oh. actually finally see what's happening on Kamino. Okay. And it is, <sighs> I kind of have to sort of remove myself from stuff I know about Star Wars to think about that scene sometimes. Yeah. Because it is a crazy reveal, yeah, in that movie, yeah, that there are just like a bajillion, uh... <laughs> right? They all look alike. Uh, you got you got them in the cafeteria a, a... eating, and yeah, and then and then you realize, and then you learn that those are the stormtroopers, and that's it's just a it is a really cool reveal. It is a really, I think, an interesting twist. Yeah twist in those movies yeah and yeah and that reveal is uh one of the bigger in that movie yeah that, that's a good one too that's a good one uh my number four is um oddly again also from attack of the clones and uh this moment is in my list because of partially how amusing it was to me and and the uh it shows the relationship of uh that you don't really think of um and and this would be in uh this would be in the Jedi temple when uh Obi-Wan comes to Yoda and he I'm looking for this planet and uh and Yoda's like making this joke about how embarrassing this is. Obi-Wan has lost a planet. Embarrassing. How embarrassing. And the little younglings are giggling. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and part of it was amusing that he's, he's, he's messing with Obi-Wan. He's, he's giving him shit, basically. And then, uh, and then, this, and then you've got this, uh, what I got out of it was this relationship that Yoda actually has with these younglings. It it's kind of gives me this... Um, gives me this feeling that he is uh you know these these kids are really young and they were taken away from their parents or or given you know however you want to look at that away to the jedi and so while he understands that their role as younglings in becoming jedi knights is very very important he also realizes these are kids and he wants to lighten things up during their training. Yeah, I think Yoda is what is actually pretty well portrayed in those movies. Yeah, I think so. Too. Movies, especially, especially considering <laughs> the character that we know from uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That is one of the scenes that does sort of portray that relationship and you kind of get a glimpse into. Yeah. What that everyone kind of has a relationship with Yoda. That's kind of like that. He's kind of like a yeah. you know, fun uncle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But uh, uh, so that takes us I, to number three. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, my number three is from uh, Revenge of the Sith. Okay. And that is uh, the scene with Samuel Jackson going to arrest Palpatine in his office. Mm, yeah. Um, just how <laughs> this is just like the chewiest scene for Anne McDermott. <laughs> he is just all over the gosh dang place yeah. in this scene. He is living his best life. <laughs> just murdering Jedi. Yeah. Picking up a new Sith apprentice. A lot happens in that scene too. Yeah. I mean, this is <laughs> cuz I think he knights. He actually knights him. Well, well, yeah. Sith name. This scene. is the scene where you first hear Anakin being called Vader. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty and this that actually that just by itself was in was in my original list and is basically just an honorable mention, but just that just that of the entire scene, just him being called Vader for the first time is like <gasps> Yeah, and I think yeah, mostly I like it for Anne McDermott's performance in that scene. Sure. Uh Absolutely. in those scenes. Um and, you know, I think he's just one of the actors that really got the tone that George Lucas was going for in those movies. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's my number three. Okay. Um, my number three <clears throat> um, was actually from The Phantom Menace. Um, and it is the scene uh, where, for the very first time, um, R2-D2 and C-3PO meet. Oh yeah. Um, you know, this just kind of you know, no having already known their history in the in the original trilogy and knowing everything that they've been through together just to see them meet for the first time uh, was a little bit emotional. Uh you know, these these two droids have been through so much. And and to see how they came together for the first time was was important, I think. Yeah, and they, yeah, and they're immediately uh, dynamic when they meet each other in that movie, right? And um, and they're already he's already kind of kind of given C three PO crap like right from the get go, <laughs> and so it's, yeah. Uh, so that's a good one. But yeah, that's uh, a good. Um, I'll go to uh, my number two. My number two and my number one are like. This is going to be some like really basic, like office Karen stuff. Okay. Uh, my number two is from the Phantom Menace, and it is the pod race. Okay. Um. One of the frustrating things about like the prequels in general, especially the Phantom Menace, is that there is just some like really amazing stuff in those movies that I wish strung together better. Yeah. But that pod race is a technical marvel, especially at that time. Yeah. The sound design yeah. is is amazing. 
Um, it maybe goes on a little long, but you know, I think when you left that movie, that was definitely uh, something that stayed with you as far as yeah. the action scenes you remember. Well, and it probably didn't tell you what, hurt that they made a video game out of it. Well, yeah, uh, or a video game that that pod racing was an important part of. And that stayed in movie theater uh, arcades for yeah. many years to come. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, but uh, and it's just uh, it's just a really, it's just a cool, fun, fun scene. Mostly on a technical level. Yeah. Like I said, it is. It comes in a little late, and and it kind of goes on maybe a little too long. But uh, yeah, yeah. but it's still, it's a really good scene. When I think of the Phantom Menace, is you know one of two scenes that I immediately think of, yeah. and much more so than the blowing up of that capital trade ship that's like a half a donut that no yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you much know, more interested. Then, yeah, and then there's that other part in Phantom Menace when you see the credits roll. That was pretty cool. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> We like Star Wars people. We love it so yeah, much. We do. No, that was a, that was a joke I made to my son while we were while I was trying to put this list together. I was like, ah, how about uh, when the credits roll in the Phantom Menace? Oh man, <laughs> poor little movie. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that no, it's, it was it's good. It's good. Uh, it was just you know last on my list, but um, let me see my number two. Yet another one from Attack of the Clones. I find this really weird <laughs> that so many on my list are from Attack of the Clones when it's not really very... It was not high on my list at all. Uh, but um, when we're thinking of moments, like specific moments in movies that, that were emotional and that uh, meant something to you, for me, my number two was... The, for lack of a better term, reunion of Anakin and his mom. Um, having oh, thought yeah. of the scene in Phantom Menace when he's leaving, you know, will I ever see you again? And the it was kind of well, no, probably not. <laughs> uh, and then and then he finds her after meeting his his uh, stepfather. And and you can see this this anger that you know if I was here I could have I could have done better than you guys and uh, but he finally he finally reunites with his mom uh, unfortunately you know she dies in his arms and uh, the the turn really begins. Uh, you know, the turn to the dark side. He has, he goes out, he kills the entire village of Tusken Raiders. Uh, but yeah, my number two is the reunion of Anakin and Shmi. Yeah, that is, yeah, one of the more emotional moments in those movies. Agreed. Um, okay, and then uh, my number one, this is going to be uh, the Phantom Menace. Okay. And I just wrote down Darth Maul lightsaber duel. Okay. 
But I'd say like when those doors open and you see that that double lightsaber light up. Oh, that's yeah. just on Naboo. You're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that's you know when I think of that, as I know when I had you know got my first VHS player, mm-hmm. and I had I had a little V. I got one of my first VHS tapes was. Uh, I had the Phantom Menace and I had the Lord of the Rings and you know, the scene that I always rewound to and watched over and over again was that fight scene, that yeah. final lightsaber battle. And you know, when I think of the prequels, when I think of the Phantom Menace, that's just probably one of the top thing, top moments I think of. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. There's, that... And there's, there's a lot of moments in that, in that fight, I guess I could pick out on. Yeah. But but the duel overall. The duel overall. That's what I think yeah. of when I think of those movies. Yeah, that one was on my original list, but did not make the number five cut. <clears throat> um, my number one is from Revenge of the Sith um, and is also a lightsaber duel. Uh, specifically the final duel, well, not final, uh, the final for the movie, uh, duel between, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Just, just that whole, just the whole thing. Um, you know, you've, uh, from, from the original trilogy, you, you get this idea in your head of, and even even through readings in the expanded universe, you get this this vision of your head of what this fight must have been like, uh, because you hear hear it talked about. Uh, you know, you, you hear the stories about the lava and how uh, he was the he was the master, and and Anakin was the pupil, and. And how this this battle, you know, you you can you can almost get a sense from from the original trilogy and from uh, you know the various readings of the expanded universe how iconic this lightsaber duel was. And for me, at least, I think the duel in on screen. Uh, for me, held up to that promise. Yeah, it's... it was. It yeah, was not it... short. It wasn't incredibly long. It it just it was, and it was. Uh, it was what I thought it would be like. You know, I thought there was a lot of back and forth going on. It wasn't one-sided. It wasn't terribly one-sided uh, until you got to the very end. And that's that, that, you know, specifically the scene where he's like, I've got the high ground you're over with. And he's like, you ask, underestimate me. And Obi-Wan, you know, you can see the look on his, oh, shit. He's not really going to try this. Yep, he's going to try. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, it is uh, probably the most emotional and impactful lightsaber fight. Yeah, fight of those movies, and 
it's definitely has a lot more going on emotionally and story wise than the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, lightsaber duel. Like I said, I only I have it on there because that's you know it came out when I was a when I was <laughs> well, a kid, sure. and that's why I remember watching over and over again. Sure. But I mean... uh, but yeah. I think the ending of that fight, like I said before, I think the fight goes on a little long in there. Really? I, I, hmm, okay. but, <laughs> but I think, yeah. But I think the beginning and ending of that lightsaber battle, battle are some of the most affecting stuff from those movies. Yeah. At least just uh, their confrontation at the platform and their final parting of ways. Yeah. Ways as he watches Anakin just light up on fire yeah that's they're just gotta, still filled imagine, with I mean, rage is, yeah i mean you gotta imagine i mean i i can't imagine you know what obi-wan at this point is feeling because i mean he was essentially a son to him and and here he is he's he's you know he's got to he's got to let him go. He's got to essentially he's got to let him die. Uh, as far as he thought, you know, when he was walking away, he's he's this guy's probably dead. Uh, so you got to imagine the emotion that Obi Wan's feeling. Uh, but but I mean that emotion is evoked even during the during the battle where he's like, you know, you were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them, and it's just you can. You yeah. can feel that pain in Obi-Wan that, you know, this chose, he was supposed to be the chosen one and he's, he destroyed the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, but yeah, definitely a, a good pick for number one. So that, that ends our, our list for the week. Next week we'll be doing, um, in preparation for the launch of Rise of Skywalker, we will be going over our top five sequel moments so far. Um, which brings us to the end of our show uh, for this week. Um, so next week we will, of course, uh, be going over um, ep- uh, chapter six of The Mandalorian. Uh, we'll have our top five sequel trilogy moments. Um, and then what else will be we talking? Oh, well, you we will probably be talking about uh, <clears throat> some stuff to get uh, to get prepared for the rise of Skywalker. Uh, so like what what are we expecting from episode nine? Um, what would we like to see in episode nine? Is there anything specific that has not been teased, uh, that we would like to see? Um, and just, just, uh, getting ourselves, you know, by that time we're already going to be pretty, pretty hyped up because, you know, that week we get to see the movie, uh, so we're we're pl- going to be plenty hyped up enough about it as it is, but this will just get us more hyped. <clears throat> yeah, pretty exciting, exciting time for the next couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I always love this build up. Yeah. Uh, 
this this anticipation. It's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. Um so I guess that is that is it for, for this week. Uh make sure and, and email us if you've got any questions or comments or uh if you'd like to chime in on your own uh top five moments in in any of them any of the prequels or or sequel moments um and uh i guess that's it enjoy your week and get yourself ready for rise of skywalker <laughs>